Hello and welcome back to Creative Corporates. You're here with Cardi. And I'm Ali and we are coming to you from New South Wales in lockdown. Another week separated. I'm not doing so great without Cardi. Um, but it has given us a good time to reflect, a lot of time to be introspective. And that has actually given us inspiration for this week's topic, which is introverted and extroverted energies and what we can learn from both. Um, so why are we discussing this topic? As you said, spent a lot of time lately um, by ourselves, uh, staying home, staying safe. Um, But it's actually also new financial year and so we've been really reflecting on what are our goals for the next six months, what do we want to learn to improve on in our communication, in the way that we engage in our relationships, in our friendships, with our teams at work. And so we thought this was a really good way to sort of start and kind of deconstruct two kind of common categories that we put people in in communication styles, which is introverted and extroverted. Um, But basically, we're going to break it down and address a couple of things in this episode. So we're going to kind of define what introverted and extroverted energies are and how you can actually draw from both these qualities. We're going to talk about, you know, what we identify as. You may have an inclination. Then we're going to talk about speaking to extrovert to introverts. What are the things you can learn from them and how they engage? Um, some key examples about how we can help them flourish, and then how we are going to incorporate some of these learnings back into the way that we engage. So it should be a great episode. Okay, so starting off, Cardi, introverted and extroverted energies. So we did some research and introverts for the purposes of this topic are those who recharge by spending time alone. Um, They reflect before making decisions. They listen more. They enjoy one-on-one conversations. They're introspective. Go figure. Um, They're very self-aware. They think before they act and they learn through observation. And they're likely to be more social with people that they know. In contrast, extroverts might recharge by socializing. They make decisions quickly. They speak more. They're outgoing and easily distracted. They are action-oriented, gregarious, and and expressive. They're excellent communicators, and they enjoy being the center of attention. That might have resonated with a few of you. You might feel like you hit both things, both areas, and that's completely fine. But for the purposes of this conversation, we've kind of gone, these are the kind of categories that we're using in these definitions to help us with this conversation. Um, so, Cardi, how would you say, like, what category do you think that you fit into? Look, I'd like to think that I probably have some qualities or energies from both. Um, Some might say that I am more extroverted in nature. I would agree with elements of that. But as we were discussing before, I think that I value a lot of introverted qualities because I see the benefits of being balanced and measured. 
um, as much as possible. And that, yeah, so I guess that that's the short of it. Yeah. Um, that's sort of where I feel like I fit in, um, which I'll yeah, discuss in more detail shortly. So, but tell us, what do you think about yourself? I would say I am definitely an extrovert. So I've done a few of those online psychometric tests, which are obviously so legit. Um, and my extroversion scores are like off the charts. So I, on like the Myers-Briggs personality test, was like 90% extroversion. So I take a lot of energy from other people. I definitely make snap decisions. Um, I'm also though easily distracted, but I would say overall it really depends like on where I'm kind of feeling. I think the other side is because I'm so energy dependent on other people. I have in the past not enjoyed so much time alone. But actually, I have found that there's a real benefit and in, and sort of we were kind of talking beforehand as well, Cardi, on spending time alone um, to kind of use that as a period of introspection so that you can kind of not be so reliant on other people. So one of the things that I think you touched on, which is really valuable, is actually starting by taking the Myers-Briggs personality test because sometimes getting a clearer understanding of where you sit to then identify, well, how do I want to better communicate with other people and how can I do that based on identifying my current strengths and weaknesses? Because I remember the first time that I did that at university, it wasn't, look, it was no surprise to me but I think what it really opened my eyes to is really how differently people communicate, but also how 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 important and how good those other ways are. And that there is so, you know, one plus one isn't sort of the only way to do it. Or I should say, you know, there's always different equations or different communication styles that are just as good as each other, but it's about having the openness to approach things in a different manner that allows for successful relationships to thrive. As we were, as we sort of talking is the whole point is, you know, are you the sort of person that wants to deliver, you know, this is my decision, it's the highway, um, my way or the highway, or are you open to listening to other people's perspectives are you on the flip side, you know, wanting to take your time to provide a measured response? Um, and so some of those things that come out is you realise that, you know, maybe as an extrovert that you don't always need to feel the silence and feel the air. You can take time before you provide, whether it be an emotional response or a reaction, um, so that it sets off a better impression that maybe you're taking the time to really think about what you're trying to say. A hundred percent. And I think to your point, something we talk a lot at work about is being a chameleon. So um, it doesn't really matter too much where you sit on the spectrum as your default. That is important in terms of knowing yourself and helping you communicate to others perhaps your communication preferences but overall, I think we can both learn from each other. 
One thing that was really interesting when we surveyed and spoke to a lot of people, um, I did a poll on my Instagram as to like based on these qualities, do you identify as an introvert or as an extrovert? And I was so shocked how many introverted friends I had. And it wasn't like these people had like come out of the woods. Like I had never known this person. and It was like a random follower. It was like friends I've had for a really long time who actually were like, yeah, I definitely identify as an introvert. And for me, that was so interesting because none of the extroverts were surprising. You know, I was like, oh, you're, a, you're actually a really loud or get energy from other people. Like I never would have guessed both based on communicating with But actually why that was important was because it made me really think about how introverts kind of are always expected to work on some of their qualities. So they're always told they need to be, you know, speak up more or be more assertive. On the other hand, we don't necessarily expect as much change from extroverts. Now, this is a case-by-case basis, but I think in Western society, our communication ideal or what we sort of epitomize as leaders is definitely that outspoken, really assertive, my way or the highway driver. I think seeing a lot of those people in practice actually and particularly looking at some of the emerging research, that doesn't necessarily make you a better leader. And actually seeing people who take the time to be more considered, adapt more of like an approach where they're listening more, asking questions to qualify something before they give a response is actually a lot more helpful. So what I would really like to see is is more, I guess, as a first point, reflection on what can extroverts also be doing to get some more of those qualities. And I reflect on... Um, I had some really early feedback when I was a junior around the need to listen more, think before you speak. And I have actually incorporated that quite a lot and have found a material difference, even if it's a case of, um, you know, before I respond to something, taking a moment to ask a, a clarifying question before I give them my assumption of a response. That's been really beneficial. Um, I know, Cardi, you were mentioning earlier, like even in negotiations when you were doing it at law school and you were mooting, some of those qualities were actually really helpful. Yeah, I think absolutely. It was really just learning that, yeah, you can take your time in your response. But one of the things that I was actually wanting to jump in on there is When you're talking about, for example, receiving feedback on how to lead and how to manage effectively, that involves you, a a good manager, being able to look at the situation and really have a nuanced approach, which requires you to be able to read people that might be through way of their body language or and their receptiveness to a conversation and being aware of your tone in delivering certain tasks to another party. And that's been a big learning curve for me because I think 
whilst I operate doing X, Y, and Z in a particular way, that isn't always the best way, or it's not always necessarily the preferred way that someone else likes to complete their work. And so recognizing and being flexible in your approach um, is really important. So for example, you know, even when it's when I'm delivering a task or an instruction, I need to be mindful that, you know, sometimes I need to do that in a way that's got a couple of extra exclamation marks. It might need to have an emoji. It might need a phone call rather than an email because depending on the person who receives that message, they have certain or preferred methods of communication. Um, Some people don't like an email because they feel that, you know, there's only so much of a tone that you can get across in that. Um, and so a phone call is better. Um, on the flip side, outside of a work situation, you've also got, when you're talking about extroverts and introverts, you know, some arguably you could say introverted energies prefer to have everything detailed in writing because it allows them to have more time to have a measured response and to really put the thought into giving a really clear message. Whereas some extroverted energies, you know, might not love to have a back and forth text message or email conversation or correspondence because they enjoy the social energy that takes place in having a a phone conversation. Maybe it's even a Zoom meeting because you get to see another person, you get to have more tone and that's what's exciting. A hundred percent. And I think to your point, I I think it's really lucky that we're so similar in that respect. So you always take my calls and vice versa. But to be completely, like, so before I jump into that, I think there's a difference between, like, extrovert and, like, millennial extrovert. Like, I hate, and this is, like, a universal generational thing, like, I hate a cold call. I hate, like, a random phone call, an unexpected, like, person at my door. You know, that sort of stuff is necessarily, like, oh, I'm an introvert because I hate this. I think that's, like, a generational, like, don't call me if there's not a reason or I don't know you thing. But I think the whole like reconciling, like you, if you have different and what's really advantageous when you have different kinds of friends that have that fit on that spectrum differently is recognizing as part of that friendship or um, engagement style, or perhaps someone you work with to flex to that. Like I, as I sort of said earlier, like don't like texting but I've learned that because other friends do like texting, I will text with them and I will engage with them and maybe I'll use like the speech to text function so that I feel like I'm at least talking or I'll have a happy medium where I might have an extroverted friend in a different time zone. So we might not be able to have a phone call, but we will um, message voice memos to each other. So it still feels like a conversation. And so that's a way where you can kind of, get the best of both worlds. And I also think it's being respectful of people's energies and saying like, you might not be in the headspace right now to want to talk, but I will, but I would really want to engage with you. So when you do have some time, like it's not a pressure to reply, but even if it's just a nice message to say, thinking of them might go a long way, particularly during you know, lockdown or periods where you're not spending a lot of time together it's a way to communicate and still gives an outcome that you're invested in that relationship. So those are kind of some points around there. 
maybe two or three key examples to some of the um, survey responses we got, which I found particularly interesting, was how introverts handle difficult conversations and networking. So we spoke a lot on the podcast last time around uncomfortable conversations and how to have them. And one way I sort of learned that introverts, um, when they're approaching, and again, I don't speak on like on behalf of all introverts, you know, but something I found interesting in the responses um, was that if an introvert or a known introvert is taking the time to raise a problem, trust me, it means that it's so important to them because that is already an uncomfortable space to raise something. So either something's happened that has so deeply conflicted with like their personal values that they're willing to go out of their normal level of communication to actually express this concern. And then the way that they'll approach that is then allowing, asking the other person and qualifying whether or not they were particularly, they saw any particular issues with the scenario. And only after they feel like that person has had their opportunity to express their opinion that they will then engage in the conversation. And that's really, really interesting because, as you said, and as you've spoken, like, I think as an extrovert, I'd be very quick to be like, I didn't agree with that. I thought that was wrong. You know, it's all me, me, me and how I feel versus an introverted approach is giving that person the space that they feel comfortable sharing and then having the dialogue. So that was really interesting for me to really understand when I'm working with people or who people I know who are generally introverted, if they're raising something, like, yeah, you should always take it seriously, but particularly so to see that even if it might be trivial to you, it's obviously really important to them. So, yeah, I don't know who have got any thoughts on that, Cardi, or... Yeah, I think what I take from that is how important it is to read a situation mm. um, or to read a person and to then be able to really think about how is it that they like to communicate and get to that level, whether it's an introvert or it's an extrovert, to allow themselves to feel more comfortable, to open up and to thrive. So, for example, in the case of an introvert, which is what you're saying, is that, you know, if they're raising something that makes them feel uncomfortable, it's really important to think, well, rather than providing them a a response straight away, maybe they would respond better by you saying, look, let me take a moment to think about this and I'll get back to you um, once I've had a further discussion, as opposed to just providing them with a flat yes or no response, because that may be received as though you didn't even take a moment to think about it. How could you really know? And you haven't actually listened to, to what I've had to say. How could you be making a decision? It might come across Um, as though it hadn't been thought out. And so even though your answer may still be the same in 24 hours or a week later, it's sometimes the approach that that affects the relationship that you could have with a particular party. And by way of contrast with an extrovert is that if you can see someone that wants to be expressive and that is very ready to share their opinion or whether it's an insight, Whatever it is, is they obviously want to speak and, yeah, they might not want an interruption. But you know what? If that honestly is going to make them feel better, your job isn't in every context 
to just sit there and listen. But if it allows them the opportunity to just share something, let them finish their sentence or their paragraph um, and then jump in. 100%. And I think as an extrovert, where I find really valuable when people um, ask for your opinion because you know you've probably thought about it and you feel like by being able to share that you feel like you're contributing to the conversation and therefore you're more likely to want to engage in the task as well. So that can be a really, um, really beneficial. Um, I think another example is networking events. Something I found really funny and useful is I think most people universally don't like networking events. Kai and I were talking earlier about how I absolutely hate small talk, but I actually really love networking events because I feel like because the purpose is to connect with people, you can kind of overcome perhaps that initial awkwardness because real networking shouldn't just be around people it should be about the exchange of ideas and I think that's a way easy way to destigmatize and perhaps make networking more attractive irrespective of where you sit and actually can get better outcomes I think that's brilliant a really good idea yeah being able to break the ice with ideas um, and having discussions as opposed to talking about really who you know you know and what you're doing you want to have a team of people who are really diverse so we kind of spoke about earlier the nightmare that may be a hundred of me in a room you know there'd be so much energy there'd be so much enthusiasm but at the end of the day not so much would get done so I think it's about empowering people who might not necessarily have the same style as you to still deliver on an outcome and along the way, learn more about your own style. How about you? Um, I would say one of the things that I see the benefits of and absolutely love the, yeah, just love the idea is being able to sit comfortably by yourself. And so, you know, one thing that I've been trying to do in the past few weeks is, for example, is that when I'm going for a walk along the coast, obviously not in the past week in lockdown, but is being able to do that without listening to music and without having my phone to allow myself virtually to have pretty much an hour completely alone because it's something that I notice that, for example, is a value quality amongst introverts. And so I think being able to have more of that in my life is a fantastic trait um, and it's what a lot of, a lot of leaders do. Um, so if that's something that I'm wanting to work towards, um, I do want to incorporate that more. Yeah, that's brilliant. And I think one of the ideas or things that we can kind of take away from, there was a great book recommended to me, um, by Susan Cain called Quiet, the power of introverts in a world that can't stop talking. So I would maybe recommend that was five out of five on Booktopia, and 83% of users like that book. So if you're interested in that topic, I would thoroughly recommend checking that out. Um, this week overall, I feel like this topic has really allowed both of us to kind of grow and explore and kind of check our own um, assumptions around communication. So I just want to also thank all the people who gave us the time and considered, and considered responses 
it was a great way to connect during lockdown um, and we really hope that for those listening that this was a episode where you've learned something. Absolutely. So I think in summary there is absolutely take a moment now while you're in lockdown, do a Myers-Briggs personality test, see where you sit, see where your strengths and weaknesses are and work out, well, what are ways that you think that you'd like to better communicate with others? What are things that you want to learn and see if there are things or activities that you can do that allow you to put those skills into practice? Well, thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. As always, you can check us out at Creative Corporate. We should be launching our official podcast soon. So make sure to check us out in links. But otherwise, I hope you're staying safe and well wherever you're listening and we'll see you next time. Thank you.